The Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast brings you a unique view of Mesa through its vibrant business community and the subjects that are important. The podcast is produced in the Mesa Chamber of Commerce Media Studio, sponsored by the University of Phoenix. Our podcast is hosted by Mesa Chamber of Commerce CEO Sally Harrison. Please enjoy this episode of the Mesa Chamber Inside Business Podcast. Hi, I'm Sally Harrison, President and CEO of the Mesa Chamber of Commerce, and today we are in the podcast studio with our friend Michael Strati. Michael is a CLF, which is Chartered Leadership Fellow, which is news to me, did not know that, um, strategic advisor with an advisor firm that specializes in the study, interpretation, and mobilizing of human analytics, owner, MJS Strategic Consulting. Mike's passionate mission has been helping people reach their full potential beyond their expectations. Leadership is ingrained in his soul, and I would say that's very true. Uh, whether playing with the U.S. Men's Olympic Soccer Program, coaching state and national championships, breaking barriers in a 150-year-old company, sitting on boards, his insatiable appetite to engage and challenge high-impact leaders is unrelenting, and he finds time and money. Welcome. Thanks, Sally. I'm excited to have you here. I, I've already learned something about you that I didn't know. Soccer. We hadn't talked about that? No. Okay. I don't think so. But we'll, we'll spend some more time later talking about well, it. Well, g- give me a little brief on like who you are before we get to some questions I have. Um, sure. So, um, born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Moved out here to Phoenix, Arizona about 12 years ago. Okay. Uh, came out with a financial services company mm-hmm. to help merge a a large territory, Mm -hmm. and then um, found a program that I currently now work with that helps me understand people, and married, coming up on 26 years, which is awesome, just just turned 50, 10 days ago, very cool, and I've got three amazing kids. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a bunch of questions, and I know you are short on time, so... So, as a human analytics and predictive behavior expert, what are the biggest pain points you see facing our employers? Because I'm sure there's lots. Yeah, I mean, right now, when you talk to any entrepreneur or any executive who's running an organization, the biggest pain points are people. Yeah. They they can't find them. Uh, Since COVID, since a handful of other things have happened, basically, uh, finding talented people to fill roles based off of the work allocation required has become the single biggest challenge mm-hmm. it's human capital ROI and in conjunction with that it's not just finding people but because they're so difficult to connect with and, and add talent to your organization it's just as important that you take the talent that you currently have and you make sure you're maximizing it because yeah. the talented people have more options than they've ever had because there's just not the standard workforce that was out there before so sure. it's not just finding the people it's making sure that you actually have the ability to keep your really valuable employees well and we should all want to do that anyway right i hope so <laughs> yeah. i hope so otherwise i'm out of job <laughs> why are so many companies now engaging with firms like yours and mobilizing the science and data of predictive behavior yeah i think what's ended up happening is that there's just human analytics has really become more popular especially since about the 1950s mm-hmm. i think originally people sort of looked at human analytics and said ah but my gut is better <laughs> experience matters yeah. all of those things that are what we would say are subjective based evaluations of people's performance those are all helpful but the objective side it's the am i 
do I need someone who's ultra competitive and has an internally driven ego or do I'm looking for somebody who's more team oriented mm -hmm. and has an externally driven ego, meaning that they gain ego and confidence by others telling them what a great job they are mm -hmm. versus someone who says, yeah, I'm pretty great. I don't really need you to tell me I'm great. <laughs> I'll put myself up by my own bootstraps. Mm -hmm. So I think companies are starting to realize, especially with the talent drain and then the necessity to keep the talent is they just they need factual information mm -hmm. to help them know how do I communicate better to people. Okay. Well, when you engage with a company for the first time, what do you typically find out about their culture that surprises you? Yeah. You know, I'm really fortunate. I get the opportunity. I, I'm, I'm what I would say is industry agnostic, meaning that I work from <laughs> from uh, with Chambers yeah, all the way down to uh, the, the uh, Fortune 500 company or the individual family-owned business. Mm -hmm. And typically... You know, when we engage with someone for the first time, the things that we find out is time or money is what they need. Yeah. If it's a small growing company, what they need typically is they need more money mm -hmm. to drive change or scale. And so we try to just make sure that they understand specifically who are the who are the people inside the organization who are we we would consider strategic visionary big picture leaders. Who are the people who are driving the vision of the organization? Mm -hmm. And allowing them to do that. Yeah. Then supporting them with what we would call sort of the, the managers or the people who are really good at the execution of the big picture vision. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately helping make sure that they add talented employees or staff to support both the visionary as well as sort of the management to make sure that things get executed. And I typically find most organizations, regardless of size, haven't really sat down and said, in this role, whether it's a recruiter role or it's an IT role or it's a vice president of sales or it's an executive-based role, mm -hmm. they don't really, they haven't taken the 60 minutes to sit down and say, what is it that I really need in this person? Example yeah. is, you know, I've, I've had an opportunity to get to know you over the last year. Yes. Uh, and your superhuman strength is your ability to connect to people. Yeah. Right? And what happened in COVID for the chamber? Right. We did well. You did well. Why? Because you went and you said, we got we to gotta connect to the people that are our existing members. Mm -hmm. And you built a relationship where they, they have valued and appreciated the time that you spent with them. Yeah. And they've been referring you. And you, uh, Well, yes. your role as a chamber, what have I said about you as the executive director for this chamber? It's supposed to be out there. Yeah. And you're great at it. You're hardwired to love people. Be optimistic yeah. and enthusiastic and to sell the benefits of belonging to the chamber, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you do great. Right. You've got people on your team who are much better behind the scenes mm -hmm. <laughs> in handling logistics. And that's typically what we find out yeah. is, is that most organizations haven't really thought strategically about how do you support the people who are out driving the top line mm -hmm. with people who are helping drive the profitability or the bottom line. Well, I think... I mean, it just shows that you need somebody for all those roles, right? Mm -hmm. And the right people in those roles. Yeah. Well, so you did do a session for the chamber, for the team and I, um, which was informative, entertaining. <laughs> that was a few months back. Um, it was very eye-opening for us. Crazy accurate. I mean, when you walked in, I knew you were going to nail everybody, and you did. Um, and incredibly valuable in helping us know each other better um, and... You know, just wondering if there's ever any situations where employers or their employees look at you, uh, at what you do, and think, you know, they're trying to see what we're doing wrong, yeah. right? And they get nervous about the survey because 
maybe the employer is looking for ways to get rid of a poor performer. Yeah. So two things that I truly believe in. Yeah. I believe that nobody wants to suck at what they do. True. And and I honestly believe that most business owners mm-hmm. generally want to see their employees and the people inside the organization succeed. Yeah. I think there's maybe a misconception that there's a lot of corporate greed. And there for sure is. But in the companies that I've had the opportunity to work with and the executives, I can tell you they care about their people. Mm-hmm. Now, do they care? Why they care about their people <laughs> is part of the reason of what we, when we use human analytics, we help them understand. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, half the population, when, and I say that because it's a statistical fact, half the population, when we do this and we come into an organization and they do this seven minute sur- uh, survey to figure out who am I. Uh, half the population is skeptical that, oh my gosh, they're looking for reasons to find out why I'm not good at my job and they are going to use this against me. The other half of the population realizes, like Bob over here, he's excited and he says, hey, I get to learn more about myself and other people. This is great. (laughs) Right. Right? So um, I think the key for us is to just make sure that we don't use this as a weapon. We also don't let people use it as a crutch, but that we teach them that people are who they are. Mm Mm-hmm. And we look at it in the world of I'm either driving top line, I'm driving bottom line, or I'm helping just scale a company because I'm just here to do a job. Mm-hmm. And all of those, like you said earlier, all of those roles are necessary inside an organization. Yeah. So we the, the hope is is that we can quickly show through analytics and data and, and that there's a benefit to every profile or every strength, and there's also a downside to the every profile or strength sure. that we're coming to just help communicate. Makes so much sense, actually. Um, so, from my experience with you through Vistage, group that introduced us, thank you, um, and the work that you did with the executive committee, uh, our executive roundtable committee, and then just our chamber team, uh, I understand that half the population sees certain aspects of the world like I do, and the other half will see it differently. Um, how do you teach people to bridge those gaps and learn to value the opposite perspective? Yeah, I'll just give an example of if I'm communicating with you, mm-hmm. right? I know that you lead with your heart mm-hmm. and relationships. I better watch out because once you've established that relationship, Sally, I better watch my wallet because I know, <laughs> I know that you want to win. But I also know that first and foremost, you really generally care about me having a good experience. Yeah, yes. Watch your wallet. That does make sense. But it's all about making sure that you have the value, right? That's exactly right. From our membership and what you get out of that. I wouldn't try and sell you something that you don't need. But I will find things to sell you (laughs) that you do need. That's right. right. And that's that's the beauty about why you are so great with the business as a whole is because you're looking to connect your members Mm -hmm. to each other when they can benefit each other. Absolutely. Or to the community. So when, when, if I'm communicating with you, when I in, instantaneously look at the, the data that you've provided, mm-hmm. I'm able to know, I better ask Sally about Sally. <laughs> Where are you from? Yeah. What do you love about life? Got to connect. What are your, your hobbies outside of work? Mm-hmm. I know I need to connect with you. Mm-hmm. I got off a call just right before this podcast. I got off a call with a gentleman and it was, an, it was scheduled for 45 minutes. And I got on the call. I said, we're scheduled for 45 minutes. I'm going to do my best to make this take no more than 30. Do I have your permission to be radically candid and get right to the point? Uh But I knew his data indicated to me that this guy was a no-nonsense. He just wanted facts and data. And if I asked him how he was doing today, I would have lost credibility in his mind. Uh Okay. Right? You, I'm asking you how you're doing today because 
you enjoy the relationship side of connecting and that makes it makes it more valuable for us to really understand how we can provide benefit to each other the other person i met with this morning he just you know what i i earn credibility when he's ready Mm -hmm. and so just having that understanding of how to communicate to people within seven minutes Mm -hmm. and just make it incredibly easy to really engage them it's just, it's a life changer. And again, going back to the question you asked, why are more organizations doing that? It's because they're realizing that there's data out there like that, mm-hmm. that within less than 10 minutes, I can know how to communicate more efficiently to somebody. And also, how do I typically communicate? Mm-hmm. In my case, you probably hear my spastic, rapid voice. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had to learn sometimes to slow things down mm-hmm. and change tones and and pace of delivery of information depending on my audience that makes sense Mm -hmm. all right million dollar question especially for all the ceos presidents founders owners or Mm -hmm. other people curious about their success and the success of their company is there a specific type of profile or pattern a behavioral profile that makes the most successful entrepreneur i know that was long-winded yeah yeah so to summarize I get the question all the time am I gonna be a successful business owner Mm -hmm. does my profile say or does my data say that I'm gonna be successful as you know through Vistage there's a large group of you inside that are all leading organizations Mm -hmm. and they're very different people very different (laughs) and all very successful in their own right Mm -hmm. so the answer to that question is anybody can run an organization uh, I have, I have there. We basically break the world down into about twenty or so different profiles, mm-hmm. um, and five families of profiles. What I have seen is I have seen business owners from all different profiles in any category. Much of it is who surrounds them. Now I can tell you there are some people who are more naturally strategic. They're thinking 15, 20, 30 years out. Mm -hmm. They're more risk-oriented. They step into conflict. They're willing to take control of their destiny as well as others. There are other people who are really focused on executing perfection. Those people typically struggle with scaling a business, Mm -hmm. although they get the best ROI out of every dollar that they can. The first group, who are the strategic big picture visionaries, those are the ones who are bringing in all kinds of revenue and top line. Mm-hmm. The question is, how much profitability is there? So they just need people around them to help them focus on how do we turn this $100 million revenue into $20 million of profit, mm-hmm. right? And then we have other people who lead with their hearts, like yourself, where if they're in an environment where they're leading some sort of organization where the story is important. Think about Tom, our mutual friend yeah. in your Vistage group, mm-hmm. right? Tom's got a tremendous story to tell, yeah. And he is incredible at doing it. And his relationships are super deep. But Tom knows that he needs people around him that are much more detailed, mm-hmm. <laughs> much right. more willing to dig into the minutia mm-hmm. and really pay attention to the specifics of the execution of his story. Yeah. So there is no one singular profile. Mm-hmm. But what I can say is if they're not surrounded by the right people, it's very difficult for organizations to succeed regardless of who they are. Got it. Well, you often talk about analytics over instincts or objectives over subjective. Um, Explain that more and how is it valuable when maximizing ROI on human capital? Yeah, so I'm guessing, I'm going to just make an assumption that, that the audience that's listening to this, when they go to look to find talent, most of us grew up in the world of how do we hire? We hire basically, we, we post, yep. we pray, 
right? And then we interview. Uh huh. And whoever is the best interview, based off of what we think is the best interview, mm -hmm. we end up hiring. Yep. And typically, the person doing the interviewing, the hiring manager or the executive or the human resources person, guess what they're looking for? Mm, personality? Themselves. <laughs> yeah. They're looking for themselves because they're successful. Mm -hmm. And so they want to be able to engage. And, and that's somewhat valuable, but that's subjective. Sure. An education to an extent, can be subjective. Example is, I got a political science degree. I was never going to be an attorney, and I certainly don't want to be a politician. It's too difficult. <laughs> but if you looked yeah. at my bachelor's, if you looked at my bachelor's degree, what you don't see objectively is my ability to be persuasive and strategic. Mm -hmm. You see, Mike Stratty got a bachelor's degree in political science, but what you don't realize is the reason why I did that, and then I went back and got a minor in management, was because I was playing soccer in college. And I was going to be a professional soccer player because my competitive fire was taking me there. Mm -hmm. The political science degree was just basically a way to make sure that I stayed in school and, and took advantage <laughs> of the college education. So, so you, you, if you're looking at just the subjective experience, if you're looking at the interview and how did I engage with that person in the interview, that is certainly helpful. But the objective, the understanding of I've got someone who's competitive or I've got someone who's team-oriented. I've got someone who's friendly and outgoing or I've got someone who's quiet and reserved. I've got someone who's extremely detail-oriented or you know what, they're flexible and they're creative. Now all of a sudden you can start making a better decision with objective-based data mm -hmm. and it's the, it's the analytics over instincts. Right, my instincts say for me to do this. Sure. And again, people like yourself and Bob have tremendous people instincts, incredible people instincts. Imagine if you add analytics and right. data behind that, mm -hmm. so you don't make the mistakes as often as you do because you just believe so much in people that everybody can do amazing things. Yeah. That now you have data and analytics behind you to say, oh, that person can do amazing things based off of what I need them to do. And that's you know, I love what I do. Hopefully, you hear it. Okay. I mean, it is so exciting for me to sit down with a business owner and say, let me help you understand people better. And oh, by the way, do you understand how people see you? Mm -hmm. Because there are some leaders out there, and I think about one in my head, uh, I don't want to expose, but this guy is one of the most strategic big picture visionaries I've ever met. And he is taking a nonprofit, turning it, created a for-profit to fund his nonprofit and doing all kinds of incredible things. Nobody else could do that, but he's so intimidating and he moves so fast. He just runs over and through people without mm -hmm. realizing it, mm -hmm. right? Having the chance to say to that person, hey, slow down. This really valuable employee of yours needs you to take them to lunch. <laughs> and, he, and he says, really? And I'm like, yeah. Talk about what? I'm like, not work. <laughs> Yeah, nice. And their data says, talk about them. So just take them to lunch and talk about how's life. Mm -hmm. How's your family? How's your dog? What are you doing this weekend? And that person would never slow down to do that because they're so strategic. But now they've just engaged with that employee who's really valuable to their overall growth and success mm -hmm. by just taking them out to lunch once a year. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Makes a difference. Well, at one point in our previous engagements, you'd helped a Vistage peer, one of the folks in our group, find the ideal person for a specific role. In this case, it happened to be the CFO, which obviously key for him. Um, and from dialogue with him, the data 
and consulting you provided um, have created five-fold return on the person he brought in to do that role. And, and I know how grateful he was because he was giving wine out as you know, thank yous <laughs> to the, the person that had referred before the actual data collection. Um, how confident are you that certain people will do certain roles better from a CFO all the way down to entry-level opportunity within a company? And does that mean people won't be successful if they're not naturally hardwired to enjoy the work that are that they're assigned to do? Yeah, so to answer the first question, I'm very confident, mm -hmm. like 90% confident that once I see someone's data, uh -huh. it will indicate to me if they're going to be successful based off the role. Example, using the CFO mm -hmm. um, example that we talked about, a CFO of a company that is $20 million, $40 million, $100 million, $500 million, or a billion dollars, that CFO is going to be a different person. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right? Now, if you come to me and say, Mike, I've got a $40 million company and I need a CFO, my first response is going to be, well, let's take a look at your current existing organization. Let's, let me look at your profile because the CFO is going to need to be sort of the opposite or in alignment with the CEO to make sure that they're able to to do what the CEO cannot do, which mm -hmm. is what we talked about in that particular case. Well, most CFOs are gonna to need to be good at analytics and numbers. Mm -hmm. There is a profile trait that we measure that tells us if someone really likes numbers or if they like people. If you like people, I'm not saying you can't be a CFO, it just means you still need to be what we call a deductive problem solver, uh -huh. being able to use analytics and deduction to figure things out as sure. opposed to intuition and gut, yeah. right? Also, as you get a CFO who goes from 40 million to 100 million, now you need probably a CFO who's a little more strategic. And as they look and analyze numbers and data, they're willing to take more risk mm -hmm. to grow an organization by thinking five, 10, or 15 years out. A CFO of a $20 million company is more of a controller mm -hmm. where probably they need to have a specific talent to be able to just execute in today's environment, making sure that you don't make any mistakes and you keep us from losing all of the grains that we've had. Right. Whereas a CFO of a $100 million or a $500 million company, they are really looking to continue to grow and gain. And, and so, yes, to answer your question, I'm about 90% sure that I can figure that out. <laughs> now, if I put someone in a position that doesn't necessarily, or they put someone in a position that doesn't necessarily have the ideal talent, let me just ask you this. How much would you love? I mean, when I say love, I mean love to sit behind a computer every day doing spreadsheets, and Excel documents. Well, as much as I love my Excel, <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that every day. Right. Could you do it? Uh, no. I mean, I could do it for a very short amount of time, but no, I couldn't do it and I wouldn't do it. Yeah. And it's so funny because I that is the answer I get all the time, which is, Mike, I can do anything. Yeah, we all can modify mm -hmm. and do anything. The question becomes, what's your greatest ROI? Yeah. And if I'm paying you a dollar, do I want to get a dollar's worth of value out of you? Or do I want to get $10 of value out of you? Mm -hmm. So it's my job as a leader of an organization to figure out how, what do I need to get $10 of value out of every dollar that I invest in human capital? Yeah. You can do anything, no doubt. How boring would it be for you, though? I would pull my extensions out. <laughs> <laughs> those are good, those I, are good I, extensions. They look real. I <laughs> do like spreadsheets, but, I mean, there's a, a, a purpose for those for me, and it's short, right? I yeah. mean, it's for an event or whatever the work I'm doing. I could not do that day in and day out. I need, like, too many changes and, you know, new things coming across my desk. Yeah, and... and and believe it or not, there are people who love that stuff. And the last thing they want to do is stand up on a stage at a Mesa Chamber event yeah. in front of 500 people and speak 
yeah. gregariously and fluently to 500 people. They're, that's their worst nightmare. It's the naked in front of 500 people feeling, right? right. Yeah. So, so to, to, answer, to answer your ultimate question is, yeah, I'm, I'm very confident, very confident. Our, our tool, the analytics created by our tool is second to none in our industry. And there are lots of really good tools inside of our industry. But I'm, I'm confident because I've used multiple. I've taken 20 different human analytics programs. Well, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, obviously, most people in the work environment have taken a DISC or, you know, the... Colby, DISC, yeah, TTI, so PI, CI, lots of them. I have taken probably five or six over the years. They're so different from this program. I mean, like night and day different, right? You, you don't just get a piece of paper that tells you, you know, you're an A or whatever, right? This is, it's a whole different world. Can you talk about, like, in just a minute or so, like the difference between what you do and what these others assessments are or how what they mean? Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm glad you're asking that question because I, like you, have taken literally 20 different human analytics programs. Mm-hmm. I've been really fortunate. I've been in leadership most of my adult career mm-hmm. and I've taken pretty much every assessment that you can imagine. I can imagine yeah. you do. I mean, I like 20 of them. And the reason why I fell in love with the one that I currently use is because they taught me, they tr- they taught me how to transfer the information. Mm-hmm. It literally is a one page. If I can memorize seven things, seven things, that's it. Mm-hmm. And I think What's slightly different about our program is there's a lot of really useful programs out there that says, here's the information on your person. Good luck. Right. Right. And oh, by the way, here's a 40 page report. If you have any questions, read through that. It'll give you all the information. And I think where we're slightly different is we realize people have real jobs. Mm -hmm. They can't be an expert in the program that I that I lead. Mm -hmm. So our job is to just give them a shortcut of understanding of how to use the data. Mm -hmm. And then I've sat in their shoes as an executive. I'm not a human resources program. Um, I'm not a hiring tool. I am a a strategic executive management where we're teaching you how to maximize your existing team, how to place people, whether it's succession planning or it's executive development or it's helping you understand how to increase your sales. We're teaching people how to use objective analytic data to grow their organization as a whole. And I've sat in the shoes of the CEO Mm -hmm. and I've had to make the tough decisions. And I've had to look and say, I've got a really good team, but I've got this weak spot. Why is it weak? And then identifying the weakness and it's either my fault because I'm a poor leader and then I'm not developing that person properly or that's just a really talented person in the wrong role. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we're different is, and you've seen it, we look at things in, I mean, just understanding if someone's a micro or a macro thinker, meaning do they mm-hmm. think historically and, and in today or do they think big picture and, and understanding how someone makes decisions. Do they do it through opinions and collaboration or do they do it through uh, just their natural drive to make the decision themselves? Mm-hmm. We have the capacity to utilize those. And again, it's, a, it's seven or eight minutes that it takes to complete our survey and the graphs are incredibly simple to read. Mm-hmm. And we give a one-page report that basically says, here's what it is. But at the end of the day, I'm transferring what I know to the employer so they can use it day in and day out. Hiring employees, developing employees, leadership development, right. executive placement. So when you're hiring, you're also looking at job descriptions, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and trying to, to basically tie the two together. Yeah, I... That's the exciting part. I, I spend, yeah, I spend so much of my time working with my clients. I, they say, Mike, I need to hire a vice president of sales for the Western region. Okay, great, no problem. Where's the job description? They send it to me, and it's the typical job <laughs> description, 
right? It's the first two paragraphs about the organization and the culture and how they're looking to do this and this and this, which, okay, fine. I understand you want someone who's going to get your culture. Get it. Mm -hmm. Totally get it. Okay. Then it's something mundane like must enjoy sales, mm -hmm. right? Or it's responsible for, you know, the development of sales professionals inside the region and blah, blah. And I look at them and I say, do you mind, first of all, let's figure out what you really want in this role. Mm -hmm. Once we figure that out, now let's write a job description that says wanted. Right. A competitive, outgoing, autonomous relationship builder who can sell ice to Eskimos. <laughs> if you'd like to move fast, work in a high-paced environment where everything is constantly changing and enough is never enough, keep reading. That's cool. Right, we are we are helping our companies completely rewrite the job description, especially in today's market, because we're writing it so the person who reads it and says that's me mm -hmm. applies, yeah. and the person who reads it and says that's not me, <laughs> I <laughs> should look for something else, yeah. stays away because time and money is what we do. Mm -hmm. You've got a human resources department. I've got one organization that they hire well over a thousand people a year. Oh my gosh. They have to interview well over 5,000 people a year. Sure. How much time do they save if they can instantaneously know, yeah. I don't need to hire, I, I don't need to interview these people for this role. Mm -hmm. I can interview them. They apply for this role, but you know, we have five other roles that they're better fits for. So yeah. I'm going to interview them for over there. Or they're just not a good fit in, at all. And I can spend my time and resources on the right person getting yeah. them in. And by the way, now I can feel confident to say, I, yes, let's go. Not We're not now recruiting the person. We are now sourcing them into our organization. That's great. And so, yeah, it is It is one of the single biggest impacts that we have is we are rewriting sort of job descriptions for organizations because the generic job descriptions just don't work anymore. I love it. Okay, so how do people find you? If, they, if they're interested in learning more, if they're interested in having you come out and work with them, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, first, they can always go to you. Yes. You're a great referral source. Be happy to do that. Thank you. Yes. So uh, if they if they don't remember this information that I share with them, yes. they're more than happy or they're more than welcome just to reach out to you. But I'm going to give out my uh, cell phone number. Okay. Which is 505-917-1682. All right. And they can also reach me at my email, which is mstrati, that's S-T-R-A-T-I, at cultureindex.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Sally. I appreciate having you on. You're amazing. And everybody that's listening, you guys have an incredible executive director at the Chamber. <laughs> oh, thank you. All right. Till next time. This has been a Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast. You can find all podcast episodes at iTunes, Spotify, or your own favorite podcast website. You can also find them online at mesachamber.org. Content of this podcast is copyright the Mesa Chamber of Commerce, unless otherwise noted.